The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. Hello, this is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for viewing today's broadcast. It is an honor and privilege to be able to come into your homes each and every week with the living Word of God. I have an exciting lesson for you today on the Life of A broadcast. Today I'm going to begin teaching on the subject of offense. It seems that over the past uh, several months and almost a year, I've noticed that the people in the body of Christ have become offended more than ever. But the Word of God says if we love the Word of God, we will not be offended. So stay tuned. The lesson is going to be exciting. You're going to be encouraged. And I'll be back afterwards to share some exciting announcements with you. God bless you. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for the continuation of today's message. We will not tolerate, endure, sound, and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying they will gather them to themselves one teacher after another to be a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. Wow. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. Say with me today, we're in that time. All right. So Paul writing to Timothy, he says, is encouraging and really charging, charging Timothy. And not, this charge is like a direct command. It is like I command you. I command you to uh, to do this. I command you. I, I charge you. I urge you. All right. And then he says in uh, verse number two that we need to correct, rebuke and exhort people. Glory to God. And because people are getting to a place where they will not endure wholesome instruction. Say with me today, wholesome instruction. instruction. In other words, people are getting to a place where they don't want to hear truth. They want to hear something that tickles their ears. They don't want to hear, God bless you, they don't want to hear what thus saith the Lord. They want to hear something that will uh, confirm or either justify their own errors, as the Amplified says. In other words, they get into error, and then they look around, and they search around, and they endeavor to find someone that's speaking a word that will justify them being in error. And not only that, the error will become truth to them if they don't, if they don't uh, realign and reestablish themselves. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, I ask the question, now, how does people, how do people who once received, were excited about, embraced, and even obeyed sound doctrine and wholesome teaching and so wholesome instruction, how do they get to the place where they don't want to hear it anymore? 
Because you, you normally don't start off when you want to do better in life. You normally don't start off rejecting truth. You normally start off in search of truth because you want some change in your life. And so there's, a, there's something that has to happen or something must happen that will cause a person who was once sitting up on the truth, receiving, embracing, and doing truth, to then throw their hands up and say, I don't want to hit it any longer. I want to stay in my era. What makes a person that when they first get connected to a ministry, be so excited about what's going on, be in the first three rows of, of the sanctuary, six months later they're in the middle of the sanctuary, three months later they're in the rear of the sanctuary, and then ten months later they're gone. No longer wanting to endure sound doctrine. And the thing is, Spirit of God says, because of offense. Because of offense. That's what the Spirit of God says. Spirit of God says, because of offense. And, the, and, I, and I, I have to just be honest with you and say this. I believe that there are more people in the body of Christ today in offense than ever before. I mean, it, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like you can't say anything to anybody unless you just, you know, put so much, uh, so much, um, so much, here we say sugar. Okay, I take sugar, candy, cookies, cake, take them out to lunch three times. Because people are walking around, even in the body of Christ, people are walking around with this kind of uh, almost haughtiness up on their life that it's almost like they look at you like, you better not say nothing to me. I mean, they just walk up in like, you, 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 you better not, and you better not even think about charging me. And so now, instead of saying, hey, can you just do this? It's got to be, hey, um, would, you, would you mind? Would you mind blessing the people by going here and taking care of that for me? Come on, I'm just, I'm just saying. Offended. But, you know, the, the reason is, is people have gotten offended. And, it's, and a lot of times, it's not big stuff that gets people offended. It's just little teeny things but not dealt with properly, all of a sudden now, man, I don't even want to be bothered no more. And that's what offense was. Let's, let's look at some things here. Uh, go now to Mark chapter number one. Can I walk through the scripture today? Yeah. Y'all not going to be offended that I use scripture, right? I was having a conversation with some pastors, and one of the pastors said, you know, it's gotten to a place that we as pastors really can't minister to our people or God's people like we really desire and want to because of the volatility amongst the pew. It's like if we're too strong on something, you just, I ain't, ain't got to hear this. 
Pouai. I'd better be glad I'm here. I, I got better things to do. You better, you better tickle my ears, preacher, if you want me to come back. No, I'm, I'm real serious about it. Sometimes we just can't be real direct. Got to go around Robinson to the barn and, and just got to be praying all the time. Man, if you're going to grow, you're going to have to be able to swallow some tough stuff. Tough stuff. And I know tough stuff, not, it, it, we don't like tough stuff. Tough stuff don't taste good. Sometimes it leave a nasty taste in your mouth, don't it? You go away and, you know, you, you Monday and Tuesday. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't sitting right. And it's challenging you whether you're going to come back on Wednesday. Because that residue still in your mouth on, on, on Wednesday morning. He ain't, had, he, ain't had, he, ain't had, he ain't had to do it like that. And don't let, don't let, don't let me, t don't let me speak, speak against something that you really want to do. Oh, gosh. The devil is alive. <laughs> Come on, let's walk through the scripture. Mark chapter 1. Are you there? Look at verse number 7. I want to show you something. I want to show you how, how easy it can become or how. Yeah, how easy offense can slip in on you. All right, Mark chapter 1, verse number 7. Let me join you real fast. Praise God. Y'all beat me there. All right. I'm talking about John the Baptist here. Verse number 6. And John, John the Baptist, was clothed with camel's hair and with the girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. And preached, look at verse number seven. And preached saying, there comes one mightier than I after me, the latchet whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with Holy Ghost. Verse seven says, John. John said, there's someone coming after me that's what? Mightier than I. A person that I'm not even worthy enough to untie his shoes or to tie his shoes. Are y'all hearing this? All right, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to another scripture. All right, let's go now to Matthew chapter number 13, uh, chapter number 3, excuse me. Matthew chapter number 3. Okay. Just want to look at something. Matthew chapter number 3, and look at verse number 13. And say, I'm there if you're there, please. All right, it's talking about John the Baptist again. Um, go to John 1. Hold your finger in, in Matthew 3, but go to John 1. And uh, I want to show you something here. John 1. Told you we was going to go through scripture now. Okay. God bless you. All right. Verse 28, John 1, 28, you there? Yeah. It says here, these things were done in Bethabara 
beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, verse 29, John sees Jesus. Who does he see? Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So John is baptizing people. Jesus walks up. John stops baptizing people. And he points probably to Jesus and says, Behold, look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now notice, John has said already about Jesus that he's going to be mightier than me. Number two, he says that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Y'all hearing this? Now go back to Matthew. Go back to Matthew chapter 3. Your finger should be there, right? All right, Matthew 3.13. All right. Then he says here, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John and to be baptized of him. So again, John is saying, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you, and you come to me. So John recognizing who Jesus was, right? The one, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one that's mightier than him. John says, no, Jesus, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus' response is this. Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him or allowed him to baptize himself. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Look at verse 17, uh, church. It says, and lo, a voice from heaven saying what? This is my beloved, what? Son, in whom I am, what? Well pleased. So how many know it would get your attention if somebody came up out of the water and, and the voice of God broke through the heavens and says, this is my beloved son? How many know everybody around there be like, what? In whom I am well, what? Please. Now notice, John knew that Jesus was mightier than him. John knew that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And thirdly, John heard God say. Not somebody else, but he heard God say, this is my son. He, there was no guesswork here. John heard it with his own ears. This is my son, John, and everybody that's listening, in whom I am what? Well, please. But now go to Matthew 11. Let's take a look at something here. Matthew 11. All right. Just looking at some things here. Matthew 11 and verse number. We can start at verse number one. Matthew 11, one. Say I'm there if you're there, please. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, the same John the Baptist that we were just talking about, had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. So now John is in jail for preaching. Okay, he's, he's got thrown in jail. And so he's hearing about Jesus, the one that's mightier than him, the Lamb of God, the one that God is well pleased in. So he's hearing about the works of Christ, and he sent two of his disciples. 
Look at verse number three. This is amazing. And said unto him, Aren't thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now, this is the same John that said, There's one coming mightier than me. This is the same John that said, Behold, here's the Lamb of God. This is the same John that heard heaven say, this is, where, what, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Why when the world will he send two disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? Why in the world would he do that? When he knew he was mightier, the lamb of God and the son of God. You know what? Offense. John allowed himself to be offended. Because Jesus didn't come to jail and minister to him while he was in the jail. So while he's in the jail, he's now confronted with the opportunity to be offended at the one he just paved the way for. John was Jesus' greatest champion. He was crying in the wilderness. Now, how do you go from being somebody's greatest champion to now wondering, are you the one that we, that we should be looking for, or should we be looking for another? You know what? Offense. Same thing happens now. How can you champion your man and woman of God so much so, and then all of a sudden, you can't stand them? Tell your neighbor, that's a good question, right? That's a good question. No, I'm serious. That's a good question. How can you be somebody's greatest supporter? Behind them 100%, you say it. And then when they call you to ask you to do something, I don't have time. Or won't even return the call. Same thing that happened to John. Somewhere along the line, you expected something from your man and woman of God that they didn't deliver and may not have known that you were expecting it. But because it wasn't delivered the way you wanted it to be delivered, are you the one? Or should we look for another church? Should I keep coming? Or should I go on the search? When you say it, ooh, Pastor, you anointed. Oh, Pastor, I'm growing so much up under your men. Oh, Pastor, I've been blessed since I've been apart. Then you get to a place that says, are you the one? Or do I need to go to another church? How do you get there? How do you get there? When you say, God said, be a part of this church. Okay, y'all ain't trying to help me. I'm going to talk to my TV audience. How, how do you get there? When you found the place, it was, oh, the well spring of life. Oh, the rivers of living water flow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you come from every service on the high. You telling everybody about where you go to church. Now, all of a sudden, you're not telling anyone about anything and now you got to be begged and coerced 
and sometimes drug into the house of God again, how do you get there? Offense. Tell your neighbor, say, he is doing a good job this morning. He is doing a good job. I'm just, once you start thinking. And so now John's in prison, offended, trying to figure out, is Jesus still the one? Or should he look for another? And notice, it opened the door for John's premature destruction. Because the king having a party, you know, he, you know, he having the party, and, uh, you know, he, he doing his thing. And so this, this uh, praise the Lord. You know, ooh, ooh, you know. <laughs> King having the party, so this little girl come up in there, and he sees the girl, and he said, hey, 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 you right there. What, 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 what you want? What can I do for you? And the girl then answers, but runs home to her mother and said, the king told me he'll give me anything I want. And her mama said, this is what you tell the king. Tell me you want John the Baptist's head on the silver platter. That girl marched back down there and said, King, this is what I want. I want John the Baptist's head on the silver path. What opened the door to that? Offense. Oh, y'all won't go there. See, when, you, when we look at the word offense, if you, if you, if uh, offend, if you look at that word offend, offense, and we'll look at it, break it down. Take the word O-F-F off, and then take the word end or ended. Something is cut off when you are offended. It was John the Baptist's head. But in your life, it may not naturally be your head severed, but something is severed when you allow offense to come in. See, your relationship with your spiritual leadership is severed when you, when you allow offense to come in. Your relationship with your spouse severed when you allow offense to come in. You might still live together. And some of you still might be coming to this church, but you ain't receiving like you used to receive. You becoming selective. Okay, that was good. I ain't worried about that. That was all right today. I was sure it was all right. Severed. Relationship with your friends. Severed. Offense comes in. Relationship with God. Severed. Something is cut off when you allow offense to come in. Are y'all getting this? I said, are y'all getting this? Now, back in 2 Timothy 4, Paul says, I charge you. In other words, I command you, do what I tell you to do, is basically what he was saying. See, we, we can't do that now. If you see somebody kind of hesitating, you can't look at him and say, just do what I said. They'll sit back in their seat. Excuse me? Look, 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 my mama don't talk to me like that. <laughs> Oh, 
Come on. But sometimes there's an urgency. The time is at hand. There's sometimes there's an urgency. Come on, just get going. And if you, you have somebody talk to you like that, you slow down even the more. I teach them, I teach him to be talking to me like that. What? I get there when I get there. I ain't trying what? I ain't no hurry for nobody. God ain't tell me to hurry up. I ain't even God. Then verse 2 says that uh, verse number 2 talks about rebuke. Who rebuke is a bad word in the church. Rebuke is on the same line as submit. We don't like submit. We don't like rebuke. Come on, talk to me, church. Who gets excited about rebuke? Nobody. You avoid it like the plague. It goes, and some of us, and some just can't handle it. Some just can't handle it and fall apart, and next thing you know, end up offended. But he says rebuke. He says rebuke. Listen to this. I love this. If you cannot be rebuked, you cannot be loved properly. Oh. Did you hear what I said? If you can't be rebuked, you can't be loved properly. You know why? Because love sometimes includes rebuke. It's Bible. It's scripture. Hebrews 12 says God chastens, rebukes, uh, uh, corrects, disciplines those that he what? Loves. You can't be loved properly if you can't be rebuked, corrected, disciplined. Come on, talk to me. Praise the Lord. I pray that you enjoyed the broadcast today. And I hope that you heard through the teaching how dangerous it is to walk in or be in offense. The enemy has an assignment to kill, steal, and destroy. And we can walk right into some of his traps if we choose to become bitter and have offense. Now, I wasn't able to put the entire series on today's broadcast, but I placed the series in a two CD or two DVD set for your purchase so you can have this in your own faith library. I want to encourage all of you to call the number on the bottom of your screen, log on to our website, and order this series today. It will bless you, it will help you, it will inspire you, it will encourage you to come out of and overcome offense once and for good. It is the will of God for you to live offense-free in this life. Praise God. Now, again, call the number on the bottom of your screen, log on to our website, get this two-CD set for $10 or two-DVD set for $14 in your faith library today. You will be blessed by it. Until next time, I want to encourage you to continue to live the life of faith. God bless you. Become a Life of Faith partner today. Your financial support of $20 per month will assist Dr. Fry with taking the gospel around the world through television admissions. As a Life of Faith partner, you will receive early registration privileges for all conferences and events hosted by FCCI, a product discount on all purchases through our online bookstore, and free monthly teachings to strengthen your faith. Log on to www.fccintl.org or call 877-342-4193 as operators are standing by.
and become a Life of Faith partner today. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.